Brian Smith here, and welcome to the Dream Path Podcast, where I try to get inside the heads of talented creatives from all over the world. My goal is to demystify and humanize the creative process and make it accessible to everyone. Now let's jump in. Jason, welcome back to the Duocast, man. I'm glad to be back, Brian. Before we talk about Rob Paulson and how that episode went, I want to point out that we have a new review. Oh, sweet. Yeah, we got one on iTunes. It's really cool to actually have people take the time to put in a review and, and actually say something. And it's great if they give me you know five stars, but to actually say something about the show that actually reveals that they are listening. So this person said, there's little emojis for thumbs up. I fell behind, really need to catch up. Good material, great show, and diverse genres within the parameters of the dream path. This man should be on the radio daily. His voice is that good. Dot, dot, dot. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, I try to be careful about getting too worked up one way or the other about good reviews, bad <laughs> reviews, because it's all kind of ego, but it's still special when you, um, when you get feedback like that. Did he give you a rating? Five stars. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. There's another one that came in as well, that uh, a similar review. And so it's anybody out there who has the time to go on to whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, give us a review. It really keeps us going. I mean, it's, it's nice to see that people um, take the time to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So what'd you think of Rob Paulson? That's one of my favorite ones so far. That guy's a hoot, man. He yeah. really is. He's such a personality. And I, I, I watched Animaniacs when it was first out and I, I thought it was great. He is such a talented guy and, and such a storyteller too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was glad that I pushed the record button pretty early in the conversation because everything that came out of his mouth was entertaining, just right out of the gate. And he's, you know, he's looking up at the guitar wall and he's talking about the banjo and Steve Martin. And the result is a conversation that flowed really organically and in an entertaining way. Admired your banjo right off the bat. <laughs> I started doing uh, the the Steve Martin the skit at the end of the album. Oh yeah, that was great. It was great that you finished it up. He couldn't remember how to finish it. That was good. Yeah, there was a good connection there. Yeah, yeah. Rob. One thing I noticed about Rob is he's a very humble guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he has all these credits, five hundred IMDb credits, and voice of so many iconic characters: Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm -hmm. and Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, and Animaniacs, and Rick and Morty work and all this. I mean, he's constantly working on really iconic shows, culturally transformative shows, but he realizes that it's a hustle. And just because you did this character or that character for 150 episodes doesn't mean that you have it made and it's going to be easy. Right. You still have to audition. You still have to really be in the hustle. And yeah, I think he appreciates the hustle. Yeah. I was just going to say, he was talking about how it's a hustle right now. You know, it's a hustle today. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. And it's a, it's a good lesson, I think for all of us too. It really doesn't matter what you've done so much as what you're doing right now. Right. It's kind of a live in the moment type of philosophy. And if we live in the past too much, it's just not a healthy place to be. No. And, and speaking of the future though, it's good to hear the Animaniacs is coming back. Yeah, that was so cool. And, and also how Rob was asked by Spielberg specifically to come back and do that show. And what, a, what a great thing too. I mean, overcoming throat cancer, which is not the kind of cancer you want as a voice person. You know, that, yeah. re that really struck me too, that he got throat cancer, got through it, and now he's back. Yeah. 
That's yeah. that's probably the scariest cancer to get mm-hmm. for a voice actor. Yep. It, and especially because of the treatment for that cancer, the doctors were not guaranteeing that he was going to be able to speak again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his, his book was great, by the way, Voice Lessons. It's available on Amazon and wherever you get books. It's a, it's a good story. This week was kind of unique because we ran two episodes, two mm-hmm. interviews, and one of them was a rerun. And I, I shouldn't call it a rerun. It's actually a, a tribute more than a rerun right? to Bettina Gillois. She's the first screenwriter that I interviewed last year. I met her through Roger and Michael Fisher of Heart. Nice. And uh, she has connections to that whole band and has been working with Nancy Wilson on that Muscle Shoals TV series with Johnny That's right. Depp. And I really enjoyed talking to Bettina. And so I was so shocked to hear that she passed away last weekend. Very tragic. Yeah, from cancer and had been battling that for a while, but was pretty quiet about it. Didn't tell a lot of people, didn't tell friends or many friends anyway. And so everyone in her circle was pretty shocked that she had died. So we decided to run that episode again with a new intro, talking about what she meant to the podcast and what she meant to the film community. And I was pleased to see and hear the feedback on that tribute episode for Bettina, a close friend of hers reached out to me the other day and had watched my Instagram post, which I also put on Facebook. And it was uh, just me talking about Bettina and what she meant to the podcast and how tragic it was to lose her. And then I played a song, Death Cab for Cutie, I Will Follow You Into the Dark. And this, this person who responded and, and messaged me on social media I won't say exactly what she said because I I want to keep it private, but it was very sweet and heartfelt. And she said that she appreciated the uh, the gesture and the message. And it was just nice to connect with listeners in that way. Well, you did a really good job with that. And I thought you did a great job with the song as well. It was pretty touching, Brian. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm not obviously, I'm not a professional singer, but I do my best to sing from the heart and speak from the heart. And I think that can go a long ways when you're maybe not the best singer or the best performer, but if you're actually speaking from the heart, people will forgive being off key a little bit, if you know what I mean. It wasn't bad at all. <laughs> no, it wasn't bad at all. It was, and yeah, you're right. I mean, the message was good. The song, the effort that you put into it and everything was, it was just really touching. It was on point. Thanks, man. You bet. So we tried something new this week and we both watched a movie that we're going to talk about. Yes. And it's called The Five Bloods on Netflix. Did you watch it? I did. Spoiler alert for anybody who has not seen the film. You may want to fast forward this part of the the podcast because there will be some plot points that are revealed. All right. So what'd you think? It was a good movie. It was was a good production. Kind of threw me off a little bit in the beginning when they went into the battle scene and they were all of of their same age, their present age. And the guy that they were going to find was his, his young self. I was kind of like, what's going on? But I, I see what they were doing and trying to put that into the story and get you up to speed as far as what they were going to do, what their past was, and what the battle that ensued, you know, that had to be done to kind of lead you into the story to show you what the premise of the film was. Right. But it, but it did confuse me a little bit in the beginning. So for listeners who don't know what we're talking about, Defy Bloods is a Netflix movie directed by Spike Lee. And the cast, uh, the, some of the stars are Delroy Lindo, Jonathan Majors, Clark Peters. There's a lot of talented people in this movie. A lot of people you'll recognize from other uh, television and film work. 
Norm Lewis and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Paul Walter Hauser's in it. Mm -hmm. The premise of the movie is that these Vietnam veterans who are now, it's present day, they are getting together for a reunion to go back to Vietnam and look for something. And I'm not going to give away what they're looking for, but they're looking for two different things. And it's kind of a kind of a caper adventure type of movie, but also a drama because there's relationships there that are complicated. And one of these, and, and most of these characters are African-American men. And what made this so interesting, in my opinion, was that one of the characters was a Trump supporter. That's right. And uh, he wore the MAGA hat. And, you know, the movie really didn't make fun of that fact. It just was how it is. And that's how it is in life. I mean, mm -hmm. you have people that really don't fit the mold who are supporting certain politicians. And, and I like that in movies. It makes for unique characters. So when, that's what I really enjoyed about the film is it's an extremely unique storyline. Like I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, me either. And you have some complicated relationships that are dealt with, father-son relationship that was um, kind of sad. Mm -hmm. and, and then you have some unexpected things happening in the story that take you by surprise and keep you on the edge of your seat. Oh, yeah. So, but I, I'm with you. And I, what I sense in the way you're talking about the movie is this is probably not an Academy Award winning movie. No, you know, this is not, not best film of the year or anything like that. It's not perfect, but I found it to be really entertaining and fun. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. So, uh, what do we have coming up next, Jason? Uh, a guy by the name of Matthew Berry. Matthew Berry. Yeah, that was another fun interview. So Matthew Berry has a really interesting history in Hollywood. He's a casting agent now, and he's kind of a big-time casting agent, works with a lot of A-list directors and producers, and he's a great storyteller too. But his background is interesting because he started in the business when he was like 14 or 15 years old, acting in a Bernardo Bertolucci film called Luna. Hmm. And I tried to watch this movie before the interview, and it's, uh, it's available on YouTube in Italian. So you can watch it in Italian if you're that dedicated to seeing this movie. But <laughs> I, I couldn't find, I think it's available on DVD if you want to order it, but there's no streaming service that had it. So I had to watch it in Italian. But the premise of this movie is, well, it's an incestuous relationship between a mother and a son. Oh, wow. And it's hardcore. So Bernardo Bertolucci really, <laughs> really went out on a limb here with this premise. And I think it was extremely controversial back in the 70s when the movie came out. And Matthew talks about how this experience of being a part of this film and the aftermath of all of the attention and interviews and access that he had at that point really was not a good thing for him. Mm. So it was interesting to hear that aspect of his story. But also, just how he made his way from acting into casting was mm -hmm. fascinating, too. So, this is the first casting director I've talked to on the show, and I'm looking forward to hearing what listeners think about it. Me, too. Well, Jason, it was good sitting down with you, man. I love doing this, Brian. It's a lot of fun. I'll see you next week. Sounds good, brother. Hey, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, I have a favor to ask. Can you go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave me a review? Your feedback is what keeps this podcast going. You can also check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with the handle at DreamPathPod. And as always, go find your dream path. <laughs>